In this latest episode, I interview the effervescent and sparkly Sally Beaton, the founder of Women With Sparkle. Sally is a women's holistic nutritionist and coach of over 10 years experience in women's health and she specialises in women's hormones, health and happiness. Her book is amazing, it's called Get Your Sparkle Back and it's helped countless women who will often declare after reading it, I wish I'd known the stuff you teach sooner and I myself found said the same thing when I read it recently. Um, I love chatting with Sally and we discuss why she made the jump into holistic health after a rare breast cancer tumour. Um, why women aren't taught the basic life-changing facts about their cycles which will impact their everyday lives the better. We discuss why we need to realise we live in a patriarchal world and why it's so important we honour, us as women, honour our natural cyclical nature Um, and why menopause is actually a time to be celebrated, not feared. We chat in depth about what the last two years has taught us and why really no one's come out of it without some level of trauma, no matter what side, inverted comments, you may be on. Um, We chat through small steps individuals can make to better their health. I asked Sally her thoughts on the current medical system and what her ideal healthcare system would look like. I can't help but ask as well about uh, whether Sally uses homeopathy. Check out the show notes below where you can find out where to connect with Sally um, and look at her website at www.womenwithsparkle.com and her Instagram page is Women With Sparkle. Um, I'd love to hear what you thought about this and listen and enjoy. Thank you. Sally, thank you for coming on. We've, I've, we've just been chatting and I just thought I'd better hit record before we actually end up getting all the good stuff, not actually even on the recording. So thank you for coming on today. Thank you for having me. I'm very excited to chat. Um, can I get you to introduce yourself to everyone listening? And, and then I'd, I'd like to, your story's brilliant. So I'd like to ch- uh, chat to you a bit about your story. But if you can introduce in your own words to everyone listening, that would be awesome. Of course. So I am Sally Beaton. I'm a women's holistic nutritionist and coach. I run a business called Women with Sparkle. Um, I've written a book called Get Your Sparkle Back and I run something called Sparkle School and the aim of all of that is to help women with their health, their hormones, their happiness, um, to empower them to take control of their own health, not feel so scared and have more joy and sparkle basically. Yeah, and I've just, I've recently read your book. It is brilliant. I will put a link in the show notes because I was laughing out loud at some of us. <laughs> Good, I love it. Yeah, I think the bit about what I was, um, yeah, I was away with my husband, we were in a spa retreat, and I was in the hot tub reading it, and there was a bit about women wearing underwired bras, and you said about how ridiculous it would be if men were wearing metal contraptions in their undergarments. And it just... <laughs> right, because we decided that they needed to look perky, we'd think it was insane. <laughs> exactly uh, when I read it it was brilliant and just so much useful advice um so yeah we'll come on to that in a bit more okay yeah we'll talk um, about perky things later <laughs> yeah, but it was it was brilliant I loved it um so yeah your story can you share like how you got into health because you you didn't come from a holistic health background like when you started out did you in your in no your not at all but like I mean that's the story of so many people I find you know like got brought up with traditional medicine my mum was a 
a nurse. My mum was a nurse, but she was always into feeding us healthy food and things like that. But it's like, if there was a problem with health, the doctor was the guru, the doctor was God, the doctor was the cure, the pills mm -hmm. were the cure. And um, yeah, in my, I was just consistently ill in my twenties, hormonal issues, really painful periods. I got diagnosed with PCOS, I had adult acne, IBS, I said, I just had all a list of all these acronyms and um, just kept going to the doctor, different pill for this, different pill for that. Um, really struggled with my mental health. And then when I was around 30, I had a breast tumor and I had two operations to remove that breast tumor. I was off work for months and months. And yeah, I was just really, really low because I felt my body had betrayed me. You know, I, I was working in the music industry and PR and I had all these hopes and dreams of taking over the world and, you know, just, just setting up great businesses. And I felt like my body was stopping me doing that. I saw my body had become my enemy and it took me probably about another 18 months because when I, I was speaking to doctors and saying, why did this happen to me? Like I was told it was a tumor that traditionally older women got and things like that. And I was just getting shoulder, shoulder shrugs. And that leaves you in a place of fear because if you don't know why something's created when you're told it's kind of almost luck, maybe genetics, maybe this, you're left fearing your body and life. And I thought, I can't live like this. Mm. I'm quite a proactive person, you know, and if my friend needed something, I'd always be a researcher. And I started researching it. I started researching the breast tumor. And then I looked and I looked in the hormonal root of it. And then I started looking at PCOS and adult acne. And I started realizing that the root of all these things were my hormones were completely out of balance. I'd had mm. inflammation from the way I was eating, the way I was living. And actually my body wasn't my enemy, it was my ally. The whole time my body, had, you know, each of those symptoms, each of those diagnoses, were my body waving a white flag saying, we can't, like time out, we need to yeah. try something different. Whereas I'd seen each of those diagnoses as a world falling apart, body falling apart, instead of my body urging me to say, the way you're living isn't working, we've got to try something else. And so those symptoms escalated until I couldn't paper over the cracks with a pharmaceutical anymore. And so it was at that point that I looked into, okay, so how do I take control back into my life? How do I not be scared of my body? How do I work with my body, not against it? How do I get back to being who I really am, not this version that I think the world wants me to be? And so that was the start of it all really. And then it just became so exciting to me that instead of, kind of being obsessed with things like cancer and you know I became obsessed with the body's ability and nature's ability to be anti-cancerous you know like every day I was like instead of kind of it, when I realized my body had this much inflammation in it I then realized there was all these anti-inflammatory thoughts ways in lifestyle things in my diet same with anti-cancer stuff so that became the point where I took my power back from outsourcing it to doctors not thinking my health was to do with keeping my fingers crossed and it being potluck if I got ill or not realizing that I was like a, the co-creator of my health mm, that is such there's so many powerful messages in there and one of the things that came to me that that phrase of um, listen to the whispers or soon you'll be hearing the screams totally. um, 
and our symptoms are, are like I my stories has parallels but it's different because it was my daughter that ended up getting a sort of chronic autoimmune condition but there were signs even in her young life you know signs early on the ear infections yeah. the repeat this but like you don't you're we're not taught to listen and we're sort of taught that things happen almost by chance to us yeah. I feel like that's the yeah the message that comes through quite often from the doctors and the thing is the thing so the illness is the illness there's nothing more to it it's just the illness and we have to crush the illness rather than going the illness is the message like let's decode the message yeah and we're just not taught to do that and that then that self actually taking responsibility for your own health it's quite a mind shift though isn't it because Mm. in some ways to outsource things to a doctor it feels safe in some ways, yeah. but to suddenly go, actually, I'm in charge. It's a big mind leap. But how do, what advice do you give to people? Do you have any for people that might be going through something similar or wondering where to start? I think like initially it's realizing you're an adult. So that idea of outsourcing is very childlike. You know, when we're children, we, we do need someone else to look after us, to nurture us, to care for us, to say this is what you must eat this is what you must take and then when you become an adult we mature in all these other ways we realize we have to pay our own bills we have to cook our own dinner and yet health is one area that we don't mature in and realize that okay we have to take on the responsibility of our health in the same way we have a household a family a job bills things like that so actually it's just a very logical shift of going why am I remaining as a child that if I get ill, I'm just going to someone and putting my hand out and saying, please give me the thing. You know, like when you mature into understanding your health is your responsibility in the same way as your household and your bank account and things like that, it can become, it can be overwhelming because when we've got loads to do, right? Women Mm. especially look for someone to go, oh, please, can you just do that? I don't want to think about it. But when you've been on the other side of it, when you realize the pain and the cost and the exhaustion of not having the tools to look after your own health, that's far more debilitating, I think, and far more overwhelming Mm. than when you finally get the message that actually it's time you take the power back into your own hands. And and also like, it's, it's very energizing. So it seems overwhelming. So when I work with women and we start, working on the things that will help them with either their hormones or something they're struggling with in life it can feel overwhelming but it takes the smallest change to almost reset their body and it be like a truth and it unlock this energy and this health that they didn't think was possible anymore and when they realize they did that and they can do that more every single day then that's like what a gift Yeah, I was going to ask you, actually, whether there are any small things people can do. So, for example, when I started healing my daughter, one of the things, everything felt a bit overwhelming to to start with. I wasn't sure where to start. And I started with actually Epsom salt baths every night. Really small thing. Lovely. 
it made such a big difference just that one little thing every night that we did and actually my youngest I had a baby then she she was actually one at the time she hadn't slept through the night at all but she got on the Epsom salt bath with her elder sister and then she slept through the night for the first time as well and I was like this stuff's amazing like <laughs> we're all having this every night buying the vaccine of it arriving <laughs> it was I, I started ordering 30 kilos at a time <laughs> um so it's it's yeah those small things the power of small things I think can often be underestimated and so after reading your book I've started now having in my smoothie every day flax seeds um just and there's sunflower seeds and yeah mix it up as well but I'm having the flax seeds every day and I feel a lot better for doing that so yeah yeah, do you have any little tips you know what where with small steps you know I guess it's different for everyone but it's different for everyone but I always say so when um so if a woman's coming to me and you know she's got issues with her diet or she wants to lose weight or things like that like we always just start with the morning I, I say like let's do it in stages like because if I give you 20 things you need to change in your day which, which is women's biggest fear when they come to me. They think I'm going to give them, you know, okay, they're a busy mum of three and I'm going to tell them they need to order in milk from the Himalayas and cook this. And you know what I mean? And I'm like, no, let's start small. Let's start slowly and let's show, let's remind your body that you can make these small changes and that they will make you feel better. So for me, it would be a glass of water as soon as you get up. Preferably with a squeeze of lemon and a little bit of Celtic sea salt, but we don't have to move on to there yet. So the glass of water before you do anything else, you rehydrate yourself after your body has been dehydrated overnight, sweating, doing all the things it needed to do. And that, even that one act, because what most women will do is they'll sort their children out first, or they'll sort their dog out first, or, you know, and the the coffee is the thing they need. So if they can have the water before the coffee, that's huge. The next thing would be to get some real natural light into their eyes as soon as possible, even if it just means opening the window and having their coffee while looking outside, because that then triggers the hormones to make them feel awake, which then helps them later on in the day, trigger the hormones to help them sleep. So water, some natural daylight, and then if possible, a decent-ish breakfast to help because women you know most women's thing is their energy Mm. if they haven't nourished their adrenals if they haven't given themselves that energy they wonder why like after they drop the kids off they just they want a biscuit they need their third coffee and they're flattened but they haven't nourished their body and so you know if your car is making noises that sounds like the petrol is running out you don't go why is it why is it the car not going you go ah petrol but women forget about the nourishment of themselves so yeah just Like I said, if you can do the water, amazing. If you can do the daylight, amazing. Start with them and then sort out nourishing and prioritizing yourself because there's a message behind it about you being worthy. You wouldn't dream, most women wouldn't dream of not feeding their dog or not feeding their child. And yet most days women don't feed themselves. And so it's just understanding the message of that. You, you're feeding the things and people you love. And it's a big message to yourself if you're not feeding yourself. So give that same love to yourself, that same message to yourself and start to see things change, start to see your body feel a bit better, your energy start to increase a bit. So true. And actually, 
I've started over, well, back over the summer to go outside every morning, sit outside for 10 minutes in the sunlight. And I was like, it's ridiculous in some ways that we have to even force ourselves to do this, right? How just messed up is our society and health that that is. It but just that's should... the message, right? I know. Like, like but I always think that, like, if I ever have, like, if I'm ever treated to, like, a spa day or something, there is never without fail a point where I'm like, I cannot believe I am paying to relax. You know, because normally the thing I just love to do is lie by the edge of the pool and read a book. I'm not doing anything. I'm not having, a, like, and I'm just there thinking, how insane is it that I am paying to relax? Like you said, how crazy mm. that my health tip is drink some water and go outside. Mm. But, you know, often it is, it is getting back to the basics. You know, it happens with every generation, every society. We kind of move so far away from the basics and then we, we have to get back to them. And that's what normally resets us. And what's amazing is how our bodies respond to those small, simple changes and that they do really help. And they do, they do trigger thoughts like, oh, actually, this is silly that I'm being outside. So maybe I'll go outside at lunch as well. And, you know. Yeah. And I think these small things that we can do ourselves quite often they can people don't always want to do it because we want quite often want a magic pill like a quick fix don't we to 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 solve these things so it is getting back to basics yeah women women do want the energy pill and when I'm like your energy pill is water and having a decent breakfast well that's annoying (laughs) (laughs) yeah no completely um and do you think as well that like when people are sort of maybe having a bit of a shift, it, it comes from also realising that where we outsource our health doctors, maybe there is a bit because we've been led down the germ theory path of very much there's stuff waiting to attack us and not taking responsibility for our own health, not realising that it's something we can build. Um the message just doesn't seem to be out there particularly I don't know in the last couple of years what's your thoughts on that yeah no definitely there's a lot of fear around illness like I said instead of seeing a lot of symptoms as your body doing its job being sick is your body getting rid of stuff that you shouldn't have eaten you know but we're we're like I'm being sick or I've got green stuff coming out my nose and so we've been taught that that's the terrible thing as opposed to our body, our immune system working and doing its job and ridding itself of things. So there's a lot of fear around it, definitely. And yeah, just, well, it, it's the whole thing. We're not taught it at school, are we? If we're, if we're literally just taught like how your body works and parts like that, and we're not taught how trustworthy our body is, how incredible our immune system is, how many things every single second of every different day your body is filtering and getting rid of how many bacteria viruses things we're touching as we touch our phone and wipe our face and all this we're not we're not taught about that we're just told these very narrow things to focus on these very narrow diseases or viruses or things like that so people go oh my goodness rather than it being put in the perspective of every day your body is doing an amazing job fighting off all these things so it's just reminding people like I said that we live in a world full of pathogens and you know we're swimming in them they're on our own skin and they're everywhere around us sounds nice doesn't it yeah. um 
and we just get and our body gets on with it and it deals with it because it's brilliant and the more we can help our body the more our body can help us so yeah yeah no that makes perfect sense and actually the other thing that we're not we're not taught which I'm you know really reading your book helped drum it into me as well was the the world we live in is really is really a man's world isn't it and how it operates and actually how we need to respect the the, the natural cycles as, as females what we go through can you explain that perhaps for people listening because maybe this is the first time if they haven't read your book or come across this before it might be the first time that they've come across this yeah so women's women are cyclical by nature so we have a hormonal pattern that basically reflects the moon. So the moon, and, and everyone, when you start talking about the moon, everyone's like, oh, you're going into woo-woo territory. And I'm like, no, no, this is like, this is science, right? The moon goes through these phases and it takes 29.5 days. And that is the average menstrual cycle for a woman or thereabouts. And our hormones go through exactly the same phases as the moon. And a man's hormonal cycle takes 24 hours. So it does the same day in, day out, peaks and declines day in, day out. And everything in the world is set up by that male hormonal cycle. Everything in business, everything, you know, you're meant to be productive every day at the same times. And then that's why so many women are struggling because women don't realize that over those 29.5 days or however long your menstrual cycle is, we go through four distinct phases basically. And the amazing thing is that they mirror the seasons of the earth. It's, it's why it's called Mother Earth. It's a female, the female seasons, and we've not been taught it. So every menstrual cycle, you go through the follicular phase, which is like spring. It's where your body is creating new follicles. Your brain chemistry is asking you to do new things. And I always say it's the time where if you've got the food shop that you normally get, and you're sat on the sofa with your partner watching the thing you normally do, it's where you're like, I hate my life, it's so boring. I cannot believe we're eating the same thing again. I cannot believe I'm sitting next to this person again. I, I want to do something new and fun and you know, and that's because your hormones, your body is literally creating new follicles, new life. It's saying, let's do something new, like just go on a different route of your dog walk or try a new hobby. And then we move into the summer phase, which is your ovulatory phase. And it's when everything's peaking in your body. It's like summer, you become magnetic. Literally your skin looks better. Your hair looks better. Your art, your lips are plumper. Your boobs are plumper because you're, you know, nature is trying to attract a mate at that point. But women don't understand because they'll think, oh, my hair looks nice and I didn't need to put on much makeup today. And then they'll criticize themselves in two weeks time. And they don't realize that their hormone is going through a phase where they're feeling very energetic, very magnetic, very sociable. They'll want to be around people. It will be when you text all the 20 people who you know you shouldn't have seen and you'll text them that week because you'll have so much energy and you'll say, let's meet up. I miss you so much. Let's go for coffee because you just don't know what to do with this energy. It's where you can exercise and it won't you know, make you feel exhausted. And then after the ovulatory phase, you move into the luteal phase, which is like autumn. So that's the bridge between summer and winter and winter's your period. And that's where your energy and your mood and your libido and things like that slowly decline in that phase. So you'll start, 
your brain chemistry is changed, which means you'll be able to tick things off your to-do list. It's kind of like a nesting phase. Hormonally, you're getting things done, you're preparing. And, but like I said, if you don't understand that actually your energy is starting to lower and things like this, this is where women get PMT in this phase. Mm -hmm. And I always say like PMT or PMS is basically saying, pick me today. Mm. it's the phase that if you haven't looked after yourself as a woman if you've just given out to everybody else your body will give you symptoms to say we can't only look after everyone else we need a little bit more rest we need a little bit more alone time we need a bit more support and if you don't ask for those things and get those things you'll start to see these mental and physical symptoms in that phase and then we go into winter which is your menstrual phase which is when you have your period your energy is very low, you want to be around people is next to nothing, you need alone time. You know, like I always say, if a woman during this time was bleeding from her head, how would we treat her? We'd say, please sit down, don't go run around, don't do this, that and that, let me make you tea, let me make you dinner, but we don't, we've hidden it. We don't talk about periods, but a woman definitely doesn't admit when she's on her period unless, you know, she has a meltdown and then she'll say it's because of that. But it's a time when because your energy is low, because you've given out over the whole month, nature asks you to have this season where you rest, repair, replenish, step away. Like physically, you'll look worse. And by worse, I mean less accepting to the outside world that wants a woman to be sprightly and perky and happy the whole time. Even that's a message. Even those like darker eye bags and that, oh my goodness, I look awful, I don't want to go out, is your body's way of saying, I don't want you to go out. I want mm. you, I need you for these few days to cocoon and rest and restore yourself because you've just given out the rest of the month. So they're the four phases. When a woman goes through the perimenopause and menopause, she can actually use the moon if her phases aren't as clear as they are during her kind of menstruating years she can use the moon to as an indicator to make sure she has a time of being out socializing vibrancy like the moon does when the moon is full and then the moon is sometimes half covered and then sometimes you don't see the moon at all as a reminder that the moon is telling you sometimes yes burn brightly blaze brightly be a light to everyone but not all the time sometimes you need to like take your light back just for yourself before you go through your next month of being a light to everyone again. I love that. And wouldn't it be so different if women were taught that in school <laughs> or at home, not school, my kids don't even go to school now, but you know, just, we were taught that by our parents. I'm certainly going to be teaching that to my girls. Definitely. Like I said, I genuinely thought I had um, bipolar because I couldn't understand how like, I had all this energy one week and I love being around people and I could just do loads and do loads and I could exit and I'd go to the gym every day. And then I think, oh my goodness. And then I think there's something wrong with me because I don't want to be around people. I feel very introverted. Whereas last week I felt extroverted. I don't have the energy to do that exercise I did. And so I thought there was a problem with me. And so if I'd have been taught, there's no problem. You've just shifted into a phase where you have less light, you have less energy. And that is as beautiful and as good and as needed as the phase where you're able to be everything for everyone. 
but because it's championed when women are everything to everyone it's not championed when a woman is quieter and introverted and having that time to herself because who does all the work that needs to be done then we start to think we've got a problem like most most women will book in to see me and say they've booked to see their doctor during their luteal phase where their mood has suddenly started dropping and I always say to them like did your doctor ask if this was a monthly occurrence mm. like have you found out if your mood is consistently low or is your mood dropping off in the phase as your hormones shift and change and nearly all the women have that mental shift through their in their luteal phase with their hormones very few of them are consistently low in mood and energy but mm. it's such a shock to them because they don't know what's happening but lots of them will book an appointment with a doctor and say what's wrong with me I don't want to see anyone this week I've got no energy yeah. and other people are saying what's wrong with you when actually nothing's wrong with you there's nothing wrong that the trees sometimes have leaves and sometimes the leaves are brown and sometimes there's no leaves on the tree that's just the seasons same with a woman every month you have those seasons yeah wow uh, yeah I I definitely struggled, you know, when I was younger with my hormones and terrible PMT. And I did actually, I, I would quite often think, oh, you're due your period. That's why you feel so down. Or So, you know, I, I did have that self-awareness, but I think if I'd, I, I really would have benefited from this knowledge years yeah, ago. Me too. Me too. Yeah. Yeah. That whole feeling like you're bipolar, I relate to that. Massively. Yeah, I've had so many women, like I've done a few interviews where I've talked about that and I've had women say, thank you. Like I, I was doing the test online. I was doing the test online because I was like, there is something wrong with me. I am not the same person. Like, and then when I looked hormonally and going, I am not the same person. My hormones shift so much. If you like, if you gave a man that difference of hormones between a woman's first week and her third week of her cycle, like, yeah, your brain chemistry changes, which means your personality has changed. But not in a horrific oh this is a medical condition way mm -hmm. your season has just shifted so that idea that we have all these different aspects of us as a whole in the same way like I said we have a whole year and it has different seasons and shift and we as women also have those seasons and those shifts and there's something there's something usually maybe a bit challenging and there's something always beautiful in each of those seasons that we can say hey you know what, it's not that I'm an introvert or an extrovert, it's that sometimes I really like being around people and sometimes I don't. And that'd be totally normal, like that's normal. Yeah, yeah, we're introverts in our luteal phase and extroverts, yeah, yeah, in other phases. And what do you think, like in terms of women taking small steps while we're still living in this man's world, what we can do, like, I think one of the things you suggested or definitely resonates with me is perhaps, you know, when I'm in that early phase, not, and, and I want to suddenly go out, not making sure I book it all in week three and four of yeah. my cycle to actually maybe think week one and two. Are there other there are little things yeah. that you can do just to make their lives a little and that bit. Takes, that takes a lot of work because you feel that energy and it's so exciting and you think it's going to last. It's like thinking summer's going to last forever <laughs> and, and booking you know, your British beach holiday in December and going, oh, this weather's so great in July. In December, let's do this because the weather will be like this. And it's like, no, no, the weather's going to shift. So yeah, I always say to women, like it takes, and I still do it myself. You, you have to be, there, there are tracking apps, which I think are really helpful. There's one called My Flow, 
um, by an amazing woman called Elisa Vitti, who was, she was very at the forefront of talking about this secular living and, and it helping women. Um, so I think tracking your cycle on one of those apps is just very helpful because it's not, you know, some women do the whole like daily tracking journal thing, which if you've got time and the propensity for it, amazing. Lots of the women I work with don't, they're busy. It's, that would be another thing to add on that to their to-do list. Um, and then, yeah, like I said, so once you see those shifts and then like just being aware, so going, oh, interesting, I'm really hungry this week. And instead of being like, because I'm a greedy idiot who can't stick to my diet, go, wait a minute, as my hormone shift, my hunger increases and decreases. I wonder if this is one of the weeks that actually I do need some more carbs. I, I do need more calories because my body is preparing to have a period which is very labor and energy intensive. So it's just asking for that. So it's all of those different things. Again, if your mood is low, have it low, have a curiosity around those shifts in your energy, your appetite, your libido. And when you keep that curiosity, often you'll see that there's a pattern. There's mm. normally always a predictable pattern rather than women going, why, like I felt really, really overwhelmed last week and it was because I was like drawing towards my period and I, I was doing too much and so the being overwhelmed it could have felt like oh my goodness this is the start of a breakdown it was just that I didn't have the hormonal reserves to help me do the amount I'd put in my diary that was it nothing yeah. nothing more complicated than that but also it meant I had to take action I had to cancel a load of stuff I had you know to stop it spiraling so Keep a curiosity towards yourself and any yeah, mental or physical symptoms like that that you get monthly, understand that there's a language and probably a predictability over your month that, that is occurring. Yeah, that's so true. And I think um, you said about actually if you trust your body, you know, if we do suddenly feel like we're craving more carbs or even sweet stuff, actually we're not going to want that all month if we trust no in our bodies but I think we can start overthinking things sometimes we've been taught that your body can't be trusted and especially a woman's body and especially women around food you can't be trusted but once you start giving your body the message it can be trusted once you see that it, there's this beautiful ebb and flow in the same way during summer the season of summer you tend not want to not want to eat stew and mashed potato it's just you tend to want to eat lighter foods because that's what the season is doing that happens in your own body every month. So that mm. idea of that ebb and flow of sometimes wanting to eat more, needing more nourishment, and sometimes the appetite declining a bit. But if you've been told the message that, no, no, you just can't be trusted. So you have to force this linear control, which is masculine. Most men uh, will do absolutely fine eating the kind of same thing day in, day out. Mm. It's not going to work for a woman's body. Like I would say, like, we're so much more interested in that. Like, it's just like... <laughs> Yes, definitely. And also, what about um, sort of women that are perimenopause or, or you're, you really reframed the menopause for me? And like, actually, it's not what we've this picture that we've been painted. Uh, oh. So, yeah. What advice for, for women that are perhaps, you know, gone through the menopause or a perimenopause or and that's sort of anxious or worried that they're going to become sort of dried up? <laughs> well, first of all, like with most things to do with women's health, we've been lied to. So the perimenopause is 
the teenage years again. It's hormonally, so I always call it the sparkly shift. Like this sparkly shift is happening in your body. And yeah, I was just talking to someone yesterday and I said in the same way, if a teenager, you know, some, t- some, some children will start having teenage symptoms at kind of seven, eight. Some won't have them till 14, 15. And it's the same, and, and some of them won't even stop till we kind of get our adult brain around like 26. So we have these different hormonal journeys when we're teenagers. It's the same for women. And within that, if you can understand that with that hormonal shift that happens when you're a teenager, some of it is kind of a wild ride, right? So, and we have that reflected again in the ter- perimenopause. So we have, we have our outbursts. We have this need for like rebellion. We have our kind of tantrums and all of those come from the same root in that when you're a teenager, your body is basically saying, we're taking you out of the childhood years and we're taking you into an adult. And you are gonna have to basically stake your claim of who you are. You're gonna have to like find your independence. You're finding your voice. And that can be a bumpy ride, but we need it, right? So we need it. And it's the same in the perimenopause. Most women stray so far away from who they are, what they want, you know, what they, yeah, their their true desires in this world because they've had all this focus on nurturing, whether they've had children or not, those, those menstrual cycles, the focus is on nurturing children, animals, businesses. Mm-hmm. And the perimenopause is there to say, we're shifting out of that phase, right? So this is our, this, these are our second teenagers where you start breaking away from the idea of what everyone else has got used to you are. We have to get you back to that independence, to that sovereignty, to that true sense of you. And the hilarious thing is like, you'll find women in the perimenopause do things that they will have done or did do as teenagers. So I got braces again. So I'm 43, which would classically be in the perimenopause. And I got braces again. I had braces when I was a teenager. My other friend went and got her nose pierced. Women will go, oh, I kind of want pink hair. Or like, it's just this feel of like, I need to check, like I need to do something that makes me feel better, that makes me feel more like me. And Mm. if you embrace it, if you kind of embrace the like, the nudges of rebellion that come up that go, I just want to swear at my family, tell them to, you know, whatever off and go and, and just get in my car and drive somewhere. Well, that's the behavior of a teenager, right? Like look into the fun aspects of that and go, actually, yes, dye your hair pink. But the other side of that, look into the aspects of yourself that you've lost, that you missed. What are the creative things that you used to do that you stopped doing? What are the things you need? You know, teenagers actually need a lot of sleep. Same with perimenopausal women. And they go, Mm. I'm so tired of this and that. It's like, because you're going through this sparkly shift, any hormonal shift will take more energy. Actually, your biggest desire being a lion is not wrong. It's not because you haven't got enough energy. It's your body asking for a bit more time to do its upgrade. So perimenopause, like I said, this sparkly shift, embrace it rebel it's your journey back to yourself the the less you embrace it the louder those symptoms will be so the more the less you express the things you're unsatisfied with be it in your relationship or home dynamics you know division of emotional or 
household labor, if you don't express and change those things, your physical symptoms will get worse. You're going to need to learn to relax, you know, despite it being difficult years with normally kids and aging parents and businesses. But again, each of those symptoms that come up that we've just said, oh, it's just the menopause. It's not the menopause. There are plenty of cultures and places that don't have menopausal symptoms mm. because the idea of menopause is not one that's negative. It's not one that's filled with fear. It's not one that's filled with symptoms. It, like in Japan, they call the menopause the second spring mm. because it's the time in a woman's life that's the second spring she's literally it's meant to be a time of rebirth where she doesn't fully like say right I don't care about anyone else but she takes her place on the earth as a leader and an not elderly an elder a wise elder with all the stuff she's learned and she decides the things that she wants to birth that are not physical so loads of women start new businesses in the menopause or go traveling or things like that. There's meant to be an excitement. These, the menopause are meant to be freedom years mm. because when you don't have that menstrual cycle, you're not having that kind of, you still have a kind of cyclical connection with the womb, there's still a cycle. But when you free yourself from the kind of period, you're meant to embrace that freedom as a nudge of like, these are your years now, like go, whatever you want, like do the backpacking, do the business, like the things you want to do and stop having that, your nurturing hormones have been reduced. So if you still try and nurture to the same levels by going, okay, I'm gonna look after the kids, the grandkids, da, da, da. like again, you'll find it a struggle because your body's asking you to do something else. Like you've done your phase of that, like move into, yes, of course you'll enjoy some nurturing, but you'll also it's to nurture yourself and have fun and have freedom yeah and that's what an amazing empowering way of reframing what, what we've been taught or yeah. again what we've been told and what is it um you said about the hormone levels as well they just return to what they were so even yeah so essentially like like I said there's there's actually a, when we look at it as an aging there's almost a de-aging because your hormone levels are more similar to what they were before you started your periods which means there's a youthfulness there's also a level of not to get too complicated but the the hormones the um lh and fsh that that are kind of they're similar in the static way that they are when you're ovulating which is when you're at your most magnetic mm. so this idea that you're drying up you're going to become invisible if you ingest that and believe it well yes you would but if you understand that actually hormonally your body keeps this magnetism that if you just like that's that's when you see like women just having fun you know the women you know those menopausal women who aren't sad dried up menopausal women they are magnetic they're fun they're doing great stuff that is the possibility of the menopause definitely yeah absolutely love it so what do you think in your sort of if you had a dream vision of the future world what would it look like where we lived in harmony with our cycles it would just be so it would be some sort of it's so funny because like you know I have this idea a friend and I were talking we're saying we're like we love the idea of like community living because like for me I'm like if I if we could just know which women's which women were on their periods in our community and we know that like they just 
they're just resting, right? We take them their dinner, we run them their baths. And then when our turn comes, that happens to us as well. So there'd be this idea, the same like when a woman's just had a baby or going through grief, there'd be this idea of this like ebb and flow of rest and work, because mm -hmm. that's what our cycle asks us to do. And the acknowledgement that if there was a way that we could bring that into our everyday living, if there could be, I mean, we can use technology, that's fine. If there could be an app, ding, your next door neighbor's on her period. Oh, right. I'm not, I can, I'll cook for her as well. No problem. You know, I'm like, that's the sort of thing I would just, I would just love. I would love there to be like a hotel or a tent settlement that those exhausted women can go, I'm on my period, you know, like, and they just go and they sleep for two hours and no one disturbs them and they don't feel guilty. And they know that that's their, that's their time of the month. Like, that's what I said, well, it's called the time of the month in a, a ne negative way. And I'm like, but it's your time of the month. That's yeah. it. That's very different to it's my time of the month. It's your time. Like you have to take time for you. So I'd love to see, I would love to see like periods honored and that need for rest seen as like an absolute sacred thing by men and women. Mm. Saying, look at these incredible women. They are giving out all month and then they need these three, two, three, four, five days for themselves and we as a society or a family or a community we have to feed back into them we have to nourish them give back to them everything they've given out oh i'd love that yeah. well even just going to a travel lodge for a couple of nights right? and having a party. I'm, like, I'm like i just i would just love that there's there's a woman i can't remember she's some like women's speaker and she does that every month. She books herself into a hotel when she's on her period and she just like waves goodbye to her family. I mean, that's the dream, right? <laughs> I love it, you know, like that could seem really extreme to people, but I'm like, but there should be a level of that. Like that might seem one extreme, but we are the other extreme when women are still doing Peloton or hit classes mm -hmm. and running around and cooking and then feeling like they're breaking and then crying and going, oh, it's just my period. It's not your period. Your period means you don't have the energy and the want to do all this stuff and you've betrayed your body by doing it all. That's what's happened. Mm. You know, some days I'm like, wow, just the world we live in, it's so inverted. Like we've got so much to change. Yeah. Um, it does feel, do you, you mean you're a very positive person. I, you know, I, I how do you feel about the future? There's a lot of doom and gloom out there. And I guess you, you can see the world however you want to see it. You know, what's your thoughts on the future? Is this an opportunity for change? Are people waking up? I was born an optimist. So I'm like, I'm never, but I'm married to a pessimist. So I say we balance each other out personally. You know, like when I'm like, everything's going to be amazing. He's like, oh, sometimes it's not. And I'm like, okay, sometimes it's not. But I'm able when he's like, everything's going to be awful. Like for me, hope is actually such a powerful thing and also again like I'm just I'm a seasons and I'm a cycle person like this is what happens to the earth the earth goes through phases of destruction we go through horrific things and then we come out of it like nature by itself is regenerative you know like you look at that 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 image of concrete or a brick wall and a plant always growing through it it's like that's the power of nature and we have that power within us so whatever is concreted over us in terms of 
fear, oppression, do this, do that. I'm like, I know that nature will break through because it's too powerful. Like it's just the, the yeah, the, the doom can take over for a while. But again, like, yeah, I, I look at the moon as well. And I'm like, sometimes it seems like it's hopeless, right? There's not, there's not even light in the sky, but that light always returns, it does. And so mm. if we can hold on to the fact that those seasons and those cycles shift, and that can be on a personal level, if you're going through the worst grief or if you're going through something really horrific medically, you can just know that that cycle will shift, you know, like it will, you will, that light will come back, that, that, that season will change from winter to spring. And we know that, and we're given that, that reminder in our world. So we have to hold on to that. Yeah. Oh, I love that. Um, Doesn't mean I don't get angry at some of the stuff going on. <laughs> Yeah, well, it's good to let it out, right? It's yeah. we're, again, we're taught to suppress anger that it's you know no. almost we're not allowed to feel it. Emotion, it's, it's got to move. It's got motion in the word. It's got to move. So it's mm -hmm. like it's yeah, like it. It's good to express ourselves. It, it's good to talk about whether that's a fear or a hope, whatever that is. Like, and not self censor too much. <laughs> um, yeah. So yeah, but like I said, I, I you know the way I see it way I see it personally going it's almost like a kind of I just see kind of a, a a division and not in a kind of like warring division just a very natural split in terms of what I see is people wanting greater control more technology more being told what to do and then I see people wanting a more organic life less being told what to do more freedom and I just feel like those two sets of choices are going to coexist somehow I don't know how but that's what I see like I just see I see very few people I see in the middle I see people yearning for homeschooling forest school learn to make my own sourdough learn how to make my own herbal tinctures learn how to heal myself and I see the people like no I want my supermarket food I'm I'm happy to have my lab made meat and I will have whatever injections I'm told to get so like for me it's allowing people their own choice their own sovereignty and hopefully we can coexist without saying the other one is mad yeah having that acceptance and I think I don't know about you but I found in the last of year or so with clients seeing so many people that have said oh it was the last few years they've started looking into alternatives and they never would have like looked into it before and so I see it as there's loads of opportunity for people yeah to get definitely back. yeah it really has yeah a, a situation that was very negative has has triggered so much good I'm not saying it's not triggered negativity as well but it's triggered so much good it's triggered so many people to go when they got to the end of what someone else can do for them they've gone well I need to learn something else because I wasn't helped in this situation or that situation so yeah I think it's been a really powerful last few years like mm. and I think waking up another like for me I was awake in the sense of you know I, I homeopathy and health but actually now I'm home educating both my girls which if you told me that five years ago I would have just said you are crazy there is no way you know I'm doing that but I guess it's in all areas it's giving opp people opportunity to taking freedom back in yeah. every aspect of their life yes yeah to make that choice and say if I've had that pause is this 
still working for me? Is this system that I'd kind of loved and trusted and I hadn't really thought about because that's just the way we did things. We've had that stop, we've had that pause and people have been able to go, is this working for me? Like we, like me and my husband, we're, we're doing like a massive downsize, which is kind of terrifying and exhilarating because we had that pause and we were like, we don't need this house. Like, what do we want out of life? It gave us the chance to say, what do we want out of life? We want more health, we want more freedom, we want more travel. And instead of going, okay, well, we just work harder to get all those things. We go, well, we don't need a house this big. Let's downsize, let's live in a flat. I'm still a bit panicked about that, <laughs> but we've got an allotment. Um, and let's try and find those things we want now. Let's not wait, let's not wait another two years. Let's not wait till we're earning more and doing this. Like let's, let's make decisions that can seem quite radical that mean that we get a taste of that world that we wanna create. If not, if we, you know, it's only like from our own world, we create the other world, you know? Yeah, totally. And having that time freedom, you know, people that are in, I see actually still sometimes on LinkedIn, where my old connections from my old, you know, life, corporate life, and it'll be like, <laughs> congratulate, blah, blah, for, you know, 30 years at Deloitte, and then now a partner. And I'm like, oh, my God, I want to commiserate them because they're in a guild. I mean, obviously, some people might like that. And that's fine. But I think these are talking from people I know, didn't really like the job yes. when I was in and I think they're in a gilded cage, right? Because you get trapped into that financial, you know, you upsize, you get a bigger mortgage, your kids are suddenly all at private school and yeah. you're trapped in this life that you can't get out of. Yeah. And I think that being free, time freedom mm -hmm. is one of the most important things, which um, again, it's like we're not taught that at school in the, in, in the school system. It's all about sort of tangible success isn't it which is still um, yeah, the school stuff is wild when you look back and I'm like you know we weren't taught about money and tax that we weren't talk about we weren't taught about the things that make us free so we weren't taught about how to create our own health and manage our own health we weren't taught about how to set up our own business and our finances and our taxation you know that that gets in the realm of these people and they earn lots of money and they will teach you little people it and I'm like wow like it really you know you don't even have to be I love a conspiracy theory you don't have to be a conspiracy theorist to just look and go that's not that's not great like that's not great if if the idea is to equip a child like I don't really use my geography but I really did need to know about money. I really, really did need mm. to know about my immune system. Um, and some of that's changing. Like I work with people who actually do go into schools who teach girls about their menstrual cycle. I would like it if the boys were there as well, because it's as important, but even that's a shift. So, you know, mm. it's, it, it's balanced with some good stuff happening as well, some progress. Yeah, progress. That's what we want. Well, progress, not perfection, but we'd like that progress is. to speed up perhaps a little bit. But I do remember reading one of the first sort of books I ever read about manifestation, The Secret. I think everyone starts there. And I do remember thinking, what would the world be like if everyone kind of knew this? And I thought people wouldn't be controllable if everyone knew how powerful they were yeah. really, in terms of their health and their ability to create and manifest. If everyone walked around knowing that, the powers that be just wouldn't be able to have the same level of control over everyone, right? So Yeah, because 
so I was brought up in the church. And so even when I realized that I had people who had taught me that I had to go to them to learn spirituality, to have a spiritual connection with God, when I realized that that was the same as someone saying, you have to come to me for your health. You have to come to me to learn about your money or, you know, like it was these they're industries that are set Mm. up that become and and there's wonderful people within each of those industries that do genuinely help people but the industry once Mm. it becomes an industry it has a need for profit and it has a need for self-preservation so whether that's the church the pharmaceutical industry the government the banking system that self-preservation is is very um strong Mm. so yeah we're not we're not meant to have access to those truths. Otherwise, they'd be out of jobs. Mm. Yeah, completely. Have you watched the film going off track here slightly? Um, Stigmata. It's got Years Patricia ago. Off. Is that the one with the thing in the hands? Yeah, where she starts, you know, just a person that's not at all religious, but she starts getting the stigmata in her hands bleeding from the hands and then um, like I watched it like 20 years ago it's a really old film isn't it yeah actually I shouldn't I shouldn't give a spoiler for people that haven't watched it but the message at the end is people what, it's, can pause it now if they okay, don't yeah. want to know the spoiler everyone else okay, can carry on listening so very good yeah so at the end it's basically she was I think I think remembering this rightly she was sort of channeling messages from God or Jesus and it said at the end it was um you know I'm not in the church I'm not in the institution I'm everywhere you know I am I you know I'm free you're free God is everywhere and the message was so it sort of resonated at a truth level with me it's I've never called myself religious Mm. um but I'm very spiritual and I feel like, you know, if there really is a God, then he wouldn't care whether I went to church every Sunday or gave oh. money to what, you know, he, it's all about what you are inside. So it's a, you, as you were saying, talking about your upbringing, it just reminded me of that film. So yeah, I'd want people listening, go, go watch it. Cause it's still good. It's got really good. Well, like I find it fascinating. Cause like I said, I find that lots of parallels between the church and the pharmaceutical industry. Like I, I just, I like, it's really interesting when, you know, like I said, the, the kind of fighting that happened over, are you gonna have an injection? Are you not gonna have an injection for or against? That just used to be over a religion. We've just mm. swapped the belief in God and the church for the belief in science and medicine. That's all that's happened. When you create a, like people are spiritual. We have a spiritual side. And if you create a vacuum there by, you know, you kind of rubbish religion, rubbish God, and that creates a vacuum. And then medicine and science can fill that. Whereas in that vacuum, really, that's where people should be taught their own power, their own um, access to God, that thing, because then they can't be, they can't be overruled by something outside of themselves, because they trust themselves, they trust their own power, strength, knowledge, divinity but lots of us get taught from a very young age to not trust any of that, to think we're rubbish, to think we're sinful, if you want to think of that word, to think that we're unhealthy or not, you know? So all those things, there's a real correlation about our power being given away and us just waiting for someone in power to tell us what to do. Whereas Mm -hmm. once you start taking those different elements back over your physical health or your financial health or your spiritual health, you start, less people can control you so true oh and you just gave me sort of shudders thinking about the last couple of years with that 
I believe in science and that whole divisiveness is like living through the last couple of years. It was a religious war. It was. It was. So that's why people couldn't speak to someone of a different faith because it was a religious war. So the the fact that people in the 1960s, if you'd have said your neighbor doesn't believe in God, you they would have, oh my goodness, like I cannot talk to them. There is There was no talk between an atheist and someone who believed in God other than shouting at the other one for being wrong and the other one for being insane. And that mm. just got changed to whether you wanted an injection or didn't want an injection. It was about religion. It wasn't ever about an injection. It was about your belief, your faith and a religion. And that's why it, it became crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Do you think we're past that now? Like I know it's sort of things have seemed to return to a normal or are you just not thinking what might be? I don't know. Someone asked me the other day, cause, cause I said, well, the winter will be interesting, won't it? Because um, like I said, certain industries have been set up. So we have a friend and he recently got a very high up job in a pharmaceutical company related to an injection. So he works as part of a massive company. They've got to keep their jobs. So if they've got to keep their jobs, they've got to keep giving injections out. So mm. I find it very fascinating. Like I said, when, when an industry is set up around anything, it wants to preserve itself. So it will use everything within its power, fear, PR, whatever's needed. Um, but people have become a bit more um, bored of it, actually, in a way. Mm -hmm. So there's people I know who have maybe had one, two, three injections who have said, I'm not having any more. It's mm -hmm. just whether, you know, like I said, there's very highly paid people are very skilled at creating fear and when you create fear and you don't give people any other option then fearful people will make decisions that when when they're not in times of fear they say they would never make mm, so true yeah who knows yeah I always think greed will be their downfall because everyone's got a limit right as to what they're gonna what they're gonna do so so. true so I heard something which I love that it says and again, you can change the word of evil to greed or something, but it says like, all evil carries the seed of its own destruction. Mm. And in a way, I saw what, like I remember saying to someone, I remember saying like, I think they've been too greedy because I said, if I was sorting this out, I would be a lot gentler and I would have a five year plan and by the end of that five-year plan, that's when I'd start saying, bring forward the children and the babies. And that was all done in a year. And I actually think that was too quick for lots of people who are even very for it. So I mm. found that very interesting of, yeah, whether it was impatience, greed, or that's what they thought was the right thing to do. Um, who knows? But I was like, yeah, that's, that, I think that's been an undoing of people mm. who actually did have a lot of fans before. Yeah, I think you're right. And I think that's why I think that's why things got back to normal relatively quickly, because I think everyone was like, okay, let's just 
kind of move on. We'll come back yeah. to this one in a few years' time once everyone's forgotten about yeah. it. <laughs> it, is, it is very bizarre. It's very bizarre. Like it is a kind of like, I don't know, it's quite interesting. Like there's there's almost a bit of shame around it for some people as well, because again, because that fear like created people to act and behave a certain way towards friends and family and things like that. I do actually sense that there is a bit of shame around it as well. So yeah, I think that a lot of healing has to take place from the last two years of shock and mm -hmm. fear and abandonment and on both sides of the argument, you know? Totally. I think some um, homeopathic remedies are needed to put in the water supply or something because I don't think anyone's come out really unscathed. It's no. traumatic, whatever. You know, every yeah. now and again, I sort of process, oh my God, like, was I really in the situation where I thought I wasn't be allowed to go into a shop or ever be able to travel again or go yeah. to the cinema? I mean, that did not that those things are that important, but. No, no but um, they're, part of, they're part of your freedom. They're part of your life. So actually, they are important because even if that thing in it, it, what it indicates is important and and that is very shocking to yeah. even have the concept that that might be taken away or you might be banned from something or yeah yeah so I think yeah and if you as you say people that people that lived in fear that genuinely were in fear people that went along with things that they didn't want to because they felt it was the right thing to do or felt external pressure or people like me who didn't go along with anything they didn't want to, but actually thought, oh my God, I'm going to be completely excluded from society. Yeah. You know, yeah. like I'm laughing. It's not funny at all. You know, it's the whole thing. Just actually no one came out of the last few years unscathed. No. I think no. we need compassion and empathy for everyone. Definitely. Everyone has to heal and everyone has to realise it was huge what we went through. Mm, yeah it really was so what do you think like in terms I'm conscious of time so I just ask you a few more questions if that's all right yeah, um, of course. just in terms of the current healthcare system you know what are your thoughts and what were your hopes for the future on, on where things could be improved oh just a little question there yeah, just like <laughs> what's your thoughts on our healthcare system you don't have to I don't hmm. um so the current healthcare system, I think, very brilliant for emergency care. You know, if someone has an emergency situation, time and time again, I've seen a fantastic outcome from the emergency care. Chronic health conditions, they don't do very well in. Women's health, they don't do as well in. Um, very old-fashioned the way women are dealt with like it's just like it, it kind of blows my mind that we think we're living in a modern time very archaic very archaic for a woman to come in with a period problem and they say we're just going to give you a pill to stop your period and then they'll go in and say since I've been taking this pill to stop my period my mood's low okay we're just going to give you a pill to stop your mood being low it's like to me that's that's as mad as the days when like women had parts of their female anatomy removed because they were just seemed to be hysterical. Like mm -hmm. it's, it's so, it's so dishonoring to women, I think. And it's very interesting because as an industry, there are, and again, like I, I see every industry is the same. There are some wonderful, kind, genuine 
people that want to help people heal. And then there's some awful people that are just earning a wage and tick a few boxes and are leaving people broken, devastated and in a worse state than when they went to see them. You can see that in the alternative healthcare industry as well. So I'm not picking it out, but like I said, there's, there's a lack of understanding on the differences in women's bodies. There's a lack of understanding in how hard it is for women to live with their hormonal cycle in a world that is that favors the male cycle. There's a lack of want to take the time and energy and money to nurture women back to health. Most women need to be nurtured back to health, not be given a pill to silence their bodies. Like I, I said, like the, like the two most powerful things for me, like in being a woman, are your cycle and your mind. And those are the two most prescribed drugs for women, things that silence their cycle and supposedly silence their mind. And so that to me is just not, I, I think there's a reflection. So I think mother earth is suffering because women are suffering and we're trying to silence mother earth and people saying ridiculous things like we're gonna block out the sun to, you know, like, and that, but, but that's just a reflection of how women's bodies are treated. Like mm. a woman's, a woman's body is just, they're just silencing it. And most women need to talk. They need someone to say, tell me what's going on. Tell me what's too heavy for you to carry. And they're not, they're just given a pill to say, we just need to, shh, we just need to shush this symptom. So mm. I would love for women's health to be a big separate thing. Like women's whole systems are different. We have, of course we have similarities, but we're very different. So I would like that scene championed and acknowledged in everything from uh, pill doses to the size of heart stents to all these things that are made for men Mm. And women tend to suffer the side effects of being given too many drugs, the wrong drugs, things like that. And like I said, not having their hormones and their mental health honored and not seeing that their body is failing. Like I want it to go back where women's bodies are wise women and we need to learn from each of them. So that's what I'd love. I'd love, I'd love there to be more um, talk about healing long-term healing not symptom management i'd love that to i'd love every cancer patient to be given a copy of the book radical remission that was from a stanford professor that realized that all this data wasn't being collected on all the people who survived their diagnosis that didn't take mainstream treatment and she went and she studied them all over the world and found out that there was basically nine things that they had in common and only three were to do with like diet and exercise, but it was to do with getting in touch with your purpose, getting in touch with a higher power, um, taking up hobbies you love, being around people, you know, all those things, they have proven to be medicine. And wow. so I feel like I would love people to be given options outside of just one route of medicine and for it to be truly integrative medicine to say, here's your condition, here are your options, pharmaceuticals, medical treatment being one of those options, in your wisdom, you get to pick. Mm. I, I, don't, I, don't want, um, I don't want pharmaceuticals to be taken away. I think, I think people should have that option. We should have mm. that freedom. We should have that choice, you know? And again, 
they're, they're wonderful in certain situations, but I, I, I want people to have options, choice, and the knowledge of their body and to be able to try stuff. So actually if that alternative thing doesn't work, they still got three other things. They still got pharmaceuticals rather than this is the pill. If it doesn't work, we don't know. We may be up your dose, but we don't know. Like I just, I, I want people to have like a menu. Like when you go into a restaurant, what, what do you want? What feels good to you? Yeah, Sally, I love, do you know what? I'm so with you on all of that, you know, and I think the NHS does, you know, it's got, it's failing in so many ways, but in terms of emergencies, you know, I, I wouldn't be here if it wasn't for the NHS, you know, when I had my um, babies and had life-saving blood transfusions. And I think it's easy to just become divided, but actually if we could have a truly integrated health system, um, how amazing would that be? And give people the option to choose and to Definitely. offer those alternatives a lot. I don't like the way they're called alternatives. It shouldn't be like, but no, offered. Because, um, because, but that's the way it was set. like traditionally, a uh, traditional medical doctor was seen in the same light as a homeopath, a chiropractor, a uh, herbalist. They were all the same. It wasn't until, it wasn't until the Flexner report, mm-hmm. like we can go back and look at that, that the other industries were rubbished, were given the title of alternative or quackery. And this one industry was championed. Like they were all meant to be at the same level. You know, it, it was like, oh, here is my doctor of pharmaceuticals here is my doctor of homeopathy here is my doctor of herbal medicine here is my doctor and and for them to be seen on the same level and people just like I said get to visit all of them one of them whichever their preference is it not to be there's this and there's nothing else and it and and again it's the same in life it's the same with the type of diet or you know there is not one way there is there is the way that's best for you and you should be given the options to find that Totally. And yeah, when when I first found out about the history of homeopathy and yeah, realised that there's a statue of Hahnemann, who is the founder of homeopathy, opposite in Washington, D.C. And you think, my goodness, you know, how different life could be, the world could be, actually, if that Flexner report wasn't produced. You know, because even even um, Rockefeller had his own homeopath. You know, he said uh, homeopathy is an aggressive and progressive step in medicine. So, yeah, it's um, things went wonky somewhere, didn't they? Sadly. But it meant that again, it means we can it, it, there's always hope. It means we can bring it back. It's like if the, if the truth like the truth can only be suppressed for so long or, or control in certain areas. Like I said, it's like if it's that concrete, that green shoot will come through, be it for homeopathy, mm. alternative treatments, more ha- better, better structure for the NHS, whatever that is like we can we can be part of that we reflect that so if we have hope if we do better in our businesses with our clients then that can like yeah that's that's a reflection of what can happen in the world do you use or homeopathy sally is it something that you have i do oh my goodness i absolutely I, i i don't know where i'd be without it so i interestingly on sunday i had my first panic attack sharing I was, I was at Paddington Station and I was, and the last time I'd been there is when my sister had a suspected heart attack. Oh my goodness. And I hadn't thought, I, I'd had a homeopathic session after that. I knew there was shock. I knew there was, you know, so I'd had a homeopathic session after that. And um, yeah, and then Sunday I was very tired. I'd had, uh, I was on my period and I was doing too much for my period, but there were certain appointments I had to do. And I got to the station, I started having flashbacks and I thought, oh, 
I've never had a panic attack. I think this is a panic attack. So I sat and I used the tools that I know about in terms of like EFT, tapping, things like that. But the first, but, but I, I knew I needed arson. I was spiraling, my thoughts were spiraling and that, that panic was there. And the first person I text was my homeopath. And I was like, I haven't got my kit on me. You know, what do you suggest for when I get home? And yeah, it's like, that is, homeopathy is my go-to for when I'm unwell, when I'm struggling mentally or physically, because it works for me every time without a doubt. And it's, and it feels like a deep healing. Mm. Um, I love it. Amazing. Always carry, I always carry around in my, I've got a tiny little, like, um, just tiny little wallet, which is, you know, a couple of centimetres. And I always carry around the tiny two um, gram bottles that you get from Helios. They're tiny, tiny. I always have Arnica and Aconite in. Like, to me, if you've got those two, like panic attacks, you could obviously use Aconite in the moment. Um, they're, they're the ones that come with me. And then I, I might top it up with other ones, depending on, you know, if I'm going on a longer trip or whatever. Yeah. But they're always in there, I think. Yeah, so, yeah. We, went, we, had, we went away from my... Um husband's birthday and normally I don't normally take I might take a few remedies with me if I'm you know but but normally I wouldn't take I mean I've got a bag that is just hilarious like at some point my husband's like at some point you're gonna have to sort this out you literally have like a homeopathic pharmacy and I'm like wait a minute I'll be there in a minute I'll find the remedy like I've got 200 bags that I'm going through but I took I took it away with me and my um one of the children who was there his eye blew up and I was like I'm gonna get you some apis wait a minute and it went down and it went down and it was just yeah it was so brilliant and what what was really um exciting about that is and I always forget this about homeopathy is as the physical symptom was reducing so was the emotional symptoms mm. so he started off like very panicked and things like that and those started going down as well and I was like this is so beautiful this form of healing is so beautiful and that's amazing and then that's how the words get spread right because then the people that see it that you help see that it works and get interested and yeah excellent oh I love that I'm very that makes me happy that you that you use it we need a homeopathy kit in every home that's sort of yes. my um, my wish for the future that everyone it's gonna has happen that. it's gonna happen if you can see it then you can achieve it <laughs> yes oh I love it and um okay just to wrap up yeah. um I wanted to ask this is a really small question to end on <laughs> so you might want to admit it so if you could impart one piece of knowledge into every human what would you like them to know I think it would be I'd like to say I promise you can trust yourself because so many women don't think they can trust themselves so even if they get a symptom so I'll have a woman come to me and she say I have awful migraines or I have awful periods or I have awful and I'll say to her what is it your body asks you to do when you get that symptom and if it's a migraine normally it's like lie down in a darkened room be quiet and I'll say okay and what is it that you need more of in your life and she'll say I need more alone time I need to rest more and I say, right, so that is your body trying to give you the thing that you've refused to give it, which means you can trust your body. It means that the first sign you've got of that exhaustion where your body said, I'd love a lie down, that you can trust it because there was wisdom in that. 
Mm. And it's and it and, and whether that's a gut, whether it's something like a symptom, then you and you look behind it, or whether it's a gut instinct, it is like I promise you can trust yourself. You have so much wisdom about what's best for you, about what's best for your healing, about what's best for your happiness. You know, some women I work with are like, oh, I've got this you know, because we talk about the things that they want to achieve and, oh, well, I've got this stupid idea that I'd love to do, you know, write a song or something. And it's never stupid. Like mm. it's all, there's always some wisdom there that then they started singing again, which actually re reduced their stress levels, which stopped their skin flaring up. You know, like it's just, there is wisdom in your body and I promise you can trust yourself. Those nudges, those whispers, even those loud shouts, you can trust yourself. I love that. Yeah, what a lovely note to end on. It's so true. And people that are listening, they want to connect with you. I'm going to put links to your website and your Instagram in the show notes. But yeah, how's best for people to find out more about you and to get in touch and to see what um, you're up to? Yes, so they can go to my website, womenwithsparkle.com or they can connect with me on Instagram at womenwithsparkle. Um, buy my book. Uh, yeah, you can, either, you can contact me through the website or DM on Instagram if it doesn't get lost. <laughs> Sometimes they get lost, but yeah. Oh, brilliant. Thank you so much. Is there anything else that um, you want to share before we shoot off? Or No, I just, I love that these conversations happen. I love that like there's a, there's an energy and there's a, yeah, it, it's so nice to know. I, I went to a, a dinner the other night at the College of Naturopathic Medicine. And it was so lovely because I wasn't the weird one. I was sat there talking about all these people who felt the same way, who were excited about health. And I was like, it made me realize one, how lovely it is to have conversations with people who have the same aims and beliefs. And, you know, not that's not, we don't need that, to have, but it's just actually, it's really lovely to have those moments of connection over people that have the same want for like healthier people and better lives and a better world so it's um no it's it's lovely to listen to things that that kind of boost you and, and and you can agree with and also nice to have those conversations so thank you for having them oh thank you for coming on and no I completely agree when when I was studying at home with homeopathy every month connecting with um the tribe and actually so and people listening as well Sally and I are both going to be teaching at the new school of nutritional medicine so any more I think it, it starts on Saturday I'm not sure if there's you might be able to get in at the very last moment but for if you want to connect with your other fellow yeah we need, we need not, more not people work. we need more people yeah. to just yeah like i said to take on to help more people with the journey yeah. of health there's lots of people struggling and they need that guidance they need that other people investing in them so yeah if you have a little inkling i quite like to do that remember you can trust yourself go and follow that and see where it takes you i love that so much well thank you so much for coming on it's been so lovely to chat thanks for having me it's been lovely